This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. That's what I would ask D&D is like, like all right, what are you? What, what do you guys know about Star Wars? Yeah, and I would. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you understand what, uh, because like what you brought up a long time ago, they have to make it feel like a Star Wars film. Really, Dave? I think you're on to something. They have to. (laughs) Of course. But here's the thing. People, like, don't bring that up. I know. I know. And it's it's like going, okay, then you guys complain that basically, oh, they ruined Game of (laughs) (laughs) Thrones. Why? They don't understand. (laughs) Oh, I lost the will to live. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We are here and we are queer for Pride Month. Is that okay to say that? Can I claim it just for one month? Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah. I mean, you're you're bi. So can, if, am I bi by proxy? Ah, have you followed through with it is the question. Um, no. no. I have not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then 50% of us are queer. And 100% of us are here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Back to Take. So good to be back. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, We will be continuing our discussion on Dooku. Not today, but we will be getting back into uh, part two and part three of that whole ordeal. Now, if you want to receive live notifications... I know there are people out there say, oh, you're not just a podcast. You do live shows as well. Yes, that's how this network started exclusively as just live radio content. Yep. So if you want to receive live notifications, text RMD69 to 50597 and you will receive live push notifications to your mobile device whenever a live RMD show goes live. All right. Dave, so I am almost recuperated from my <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy's Edge extravaganza. You lucky man. Yeah. Who's really lucky? Me or Disney? Because they made like <laughs> $5,000 off me. Well, th- this is what we I was waiting in anticipation when you got back so that I could ask you how everything was. Jesus, that camera is on you today. I need to, I, I might want to back it up, huh? Do you feel like your personal space is being 
you know, violated with that camera. I feel like a little cute, but hey, it's it's okay, I think. Yeah. All right. So we are on our live feed as well. So if you're listening on our live channels and you are a Patreon subscriber, you should be able to check out the live video feed, which is going to be fun today, Dave, because I'm going to show some. I don't want everyone to know how much of a loser I am. <laughs> so I'm just going to show some of the merch that I came back with from Galaxy's Edge. Oh, come on. The studio is packed. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Let's see here. Let me switch to this other camera really fast and let me see if it's working. Go to this one. Hold on one second here. All right. So I have this mobile camera here. Yeah, that's working. See, I have also a nice little Jedi statuette that's now behind me. <laughs> I bought a Jedi statuette, which is fantastic, Dave. And I'm going to get into all the details, but that to me is one of the most exciting things about galaxy's edge forget the yes millennium falcon ride was fun it's the jedi sith store that's where i finally got excited because i'll be honest (laughs) i was a little underwhelmed really i don't want to i don't want to be a hater dave i just expected so much more so it was great it was a fun experience hold on let me get a shot of the coca-cola (laughs) <laughs> thermal detonators the thermal detonators that was like seven dollars a soda and i bought like 20 of them that's why i was actually curious to know also is because like now everyone should know that there are two rides coming still if i'm not correct there's two other rides that are supposed to show up um yes now it was an amazing experience let me backtrack just a bit i don't want people to be like oh he's being negative It was an amazing experience, and it's something that I feel every Star Wars fan should experience at least once. If you call yourself a Star Wars fan and you don't get out there, there's something wrong with you. The attention to detail was, I mean, I was just amazed at the attention to detail. Exploring the 14 acres, Dave, well what we could explore because there were areas that are off limits and they did make that fun. There were areas that were not complete yet. Okay. And rather than being bummed that it was walled off by construction sites and construction cones, there were stormtroopers guarding it. Are you serious? Yeah. So it was fun. Even in areas that were blocked off, they made it fun. They made it a fun experience. They stuck they stayed true to the whole immersive feel that they promised everyone. That's why I was curious is like the immersion factor of the whole thing. Did they stick to the whole thing? It's one thing about the details of like all the shops and the architecture of everything. But my, my curiosity was the people who work there, were they fully immersed as characters? Like you, could you walk up to them and say, Hey, you start saying things from Star Wars and they have to answer that in character. Yes. My mother bought a resistance hat because it was sunny. It was hot. So she just kind of one of those, uh, those uh, convenience buys. So as we're walking into galaxy's edge, she grabs a hat, purchase it. It's like $45. And as she continues to walk towards the first order side of the park, <laughs> Rebel spies or sympathizers went up to her and they said, hey, 
you, uh, we respect the hat, but you're about to enter first order territory. So you might want to turn the hat backwards so they don't see the symbol. So stuff like that, it was fun, and they definitely stayed in character. I, I want to say out of a hundred and some employees that I encountered, only one was being, you know, average Joe. Yeah. And I think it's because he was actually sharing information, which, Dave, do not let me forget about that. There is one big negative for me, not for the entire park, but just a negative that really just kind of got me mad and i was like you know what this is gonna find its uh, way right onto my podcast i'm gonna talk <laughs> bad about it you're gonna talk bad about it they don't know who they just messed with <laughs> you've just off the wrong guy <laughs> what a nerd um so yes the experience was awesome the immersive vibe was fantastic it's like walking into a spaceport how was or- the crowd was the crowd pretty was it pretty packed um yes they did a good job um because I went during the, the before June 24th, which is when they quit doing reservations. And because of that, it helped to keep the crowds from becoming too many people. Overwhelming. Right. Because then you wouldn't really be able to ex- enjoy the experience because all you're going to see is wall to wall people like the rest of Disneyland. And you wouldn't be able to take in um, the amazing sets. And uh-huh. the backdrops and all the production design that went into the park. Because if you walk, let's say, to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or the Indiana Jones ride, it's hard to see all the detail because it's wall-to-wall people. Yeah. So I did like that. The fact that they kept it to a a bare minimum of people, having that four-hour four hour window was pretty smart, especially at the beginning. Now, after June 24th, you know, you, you keep hearing that, hey, you know what? I'm going to go after June 24th because then we don't have to stay within that four-hour window. You don't need a reservation. But there's going to be a downside to that. And the downside is that it's first come, first serve after June 24th. So, so everything there, first come, first serve. Right. So there's no reservation. But if you don't get to the park on time, let's say, you may end up waiting three or four hours before they even allow you to get in because of occupancy laws really yes so you're going to end up waiting two three four hours to get not on a ride into a land in disneyland now now i understand that there is 14 acres and 14 acres is a lot of land however it's not all livable space though as i should i guess that's the way to say it the thing i was wondering was like once i'm trying to gauge because i'm one of those people that i have to wait till after June because there's I have to save money. So mm-hmm. the the main thing that I'm uh, Dave just a little insider tip here pro tip um, if you're going to save money pretend you are trying to save for a down payment on a car. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, Dave. Ugh. Well, okay. okay, because that's where the fun ends. Okay. Okay. I, because after you experience the joys of Star Wars. And you get chills, you get nerd chills, and you're just, man, I'm living in Star Wars. This is, this is fantastic. If you didn't go there with money, your experience will be short-lived. If really? you don't go there planning to spend a lot of money, I don't feel like you're going to have a great time. Because there's one ride. There's one ride, Dave. So if you okay. have people coming from Chicago or the mid, you know, someplace in the Midwest or the East Coast and they're heading out to Disneyland, 
know that there's one ride and 13 acres of marketplace where you're essentially spending money because that is this is why Disneyland is the genius rapist because (laughs) you want to be raped. You want to grab your ankles because you walk into this marketplace and it really is a marketplace. No different than you've seen in various Star Wars films and Star Wars episodes of Clone Wars and the Rebels. Which is cool. This That's exactly kind of like I think a lot of us Star Wars fans were expecting. Because- well, and they're selling you items, Dave. Like they're, they're, they're selling items and they're really selling it to you. For example, they'll be like, hey, you need a creature? You need a creature? Come on over here. And in little box cages, they have Tauntauns and Banthas that are oh, dolls. That's cool. They're, they're dolls. And of course, you know, the first time I walked in, I'm like, yes, I want a creature. I want a Tauntaun. <laughs> and I bought one for $80. Okay. And then they're right. like, how about a droid? Anybody need a new droid? And they, they quickly guide you into the area where you can customize and make your own droid, much like the lightsaber. Or they sell you a pre-made droid. And you're talking a lot of money. It's no longer just the the $180 ticket to get in anymore. It's $180 plus. I mean, it's always been that way if you want to buy merch, right? But I think most of us have been to Disneyland so many times that we're not looking to spend tons of money at every single merch store that Disney has to offer. Whereas with this, you're going to be consumed by it because that's all there is. Whereas if you're going to Disneyland for Disneyland, there's going to be, you know, 20, 30 different rides, uh, you know, different attractions. But with Galaxy's Edge, if you're going just for Galaxy's Edge, it's one ride and 50 stores. And if I'm not correct, once you're in Galaxy's Edge, you have to stay in Galaxy's Edge, right? Or can you actually have a wristband? You have a wristband because that's why I was wondering is like, could you go back and forth between, you know, Galaxy's Edge and then you go to, say, California, uh, California Adventure? Yes, but you know, like but that. with the four hour window they gave you. You don't want to do that because really? four hours wasn't enough. I, at first, I kind of laughed. Uh, one of our listeners was working there temporarily just for the sheer enjoyment of, of working around Star Wars stuff. And she had contacted me and said, hey, if you need extra time, let me know. I can get you guys in at least another, you know, two or three hours. And I said, no, don't worry about it, because I, I was like four hours is more than enough for one ride and 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 shopping. But you do get consumed because you want at least the first time. I don't think after the second or third time you're going to be that enthralled or awed by it. So you're not going to pay attention to everything. But. I took it all in. I looked at I looked at it as if I was sightseeing. And I looked at all the hills they created that you know was res- that resembled locations from from various movies. I looked at the X-wings, I looked at the miniatures. I mean they had so much to look at. But I I want listeners to know Dave that it's not what a lot of people think it is. It isn't really? we rides everywhere. It's an immersive experience that I feel is fantastic probably the first time. Okay. But after the second and third time, do you really want to go over and over and spend that much money? Because I spent almost five grand, Dave. I'm not exaggerating. Jeez. Now, now, here's the thing, though. Are you happy with spending that five grand, though? Like, now that... Um, now that at the, the time, yes. But when I went home lonely 
and I was uh, crying because my bank account was drained. No. no, I was fine with it for my kid. Like for me, would I ever do that for myself? No. But to give my son that type of experience, I, I had enjoyment in that. Yes, because he did do the lightsaber. It was not me. I stuck to my guns, which I'm happy you brought up because that was that's the one thing for me that I'm like going, I have to do. Yeah. And like. How so? Is it as immersive as they were alluding to in a lot of articles that we talked about? Yes, and it's pretty cool. The experience of making one and the whole routine is definitely the selling point, uh, and also the quality. Uh, and I, I'll, I have I have them next to me here, the the two different versions, but uh, it's quality. The lightsaber hilt feels like a real lightsaber hill. It's not like those ones that even the ones you set, they sell at the comic cons that are $200 that are battle ready and you can beat them and break and they don't break. Yeah. They're heavier than that because it's made out of real metal and there's various metal pieces. I believe my son's lightsaber took up to 15, 20 separate pieces to build and it's customizable. So no lightsaber will ever be the same. No matter how many times you go, you can always build something very different. It would be very rare for anyone to build the exact same lightsaber that is freaking awesome so that is cool um you buy an access card is how it works okay everything's by appointment okay you buy an access card based on the style of lightsaber you want to make and then after you get that access card based on the type of saber you want to make they then schedule an appointment for you to come back during an allotted time where you and various others who want to make the same type of lightsaber can get together and be ushered into this dark cavern where it be, it's a secret. It's a resistance secret. And that's where the story part takes place, you know, and the whole idea is these are rebels or resistance fighters who are helping you to learn the ways of the long forgotten Jedi. Okay, and the importance of the lightsaber, and I won't go too into the too into the story because I don't want to spoil it for people. But that's the general gist of it. It is a secret, like you had had those rumors, you know, uh-huh. where it's not why it's not out in the open. They don't uh-huh. go around saying, "Hey, lightsabers." They call it scrap when they come get you. They're like, "Hey, guys, you guys ready to make some scrap?" Wink, wink. <laughs> they really do. Yeah, yeah. So it is fun, and they have to be careful because Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers are walking around at any at any given time. They can just show up. Oh, are you serious? So basically, they do have characters walking around. Yes, which I was surprised because it was hot as fuck the day we were there, and I was like, "Damn, these people are dedicated. They better get, be getting paid some good money to be walking around in these heavy ass costumes." Oh, especially Kylo Ren because whoever's playing kylo ren it's like he's constantly in black yes so after my son walked out with his lightsaber they tell you to put it in a case it's for reasons disney's rules that's the the real reason is because they don't want you walking around with lightsabers for various reasons which is part of the i want to say it saps you some of the enjoyment and i'll get into that in a moment because disney is filled with rules so they give you this case to put it in uh, like a canvas bag i should say Uh and they say that's where it needs to stay otherwise stormtroopers could see it okay so they make the the i like that yeah they make the rules fun at least for the younger kids and of course the the adults that wish to play and comply to the rules (laughs) and when the stormtroopers show up my son was holding or my son walked down he was holding his lightsaber in his canvas bag 
and a stormtrooper came up to him out of nowhere. And of course he got all happy and excited and the stormtroopers all, Hey, uh, what is that? What's in that case there? He's, I hope that's not a lightsaber. If it is, please tell me it's for collecting use only. You're a collector, right? If you're a collector, we'll let you go. Meaning he can't be a Jedi because they're illegal. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, they make it fun. They make the entire process fun. And That's to see good. the smile on my son's face and how happy he was, the $200 for that saber was well worth it, in my opinion, for the memories. Okay, so that was one of the biggest items that I was like being told about in Galaxy's Edge that I was totally into. I wanted to actually make my own lightsaber. And... The fact that they play it up is actually really cool. I mean, it adds the immersion factor of everything. Well, this is where it could get even better, Dave. Okay. Now, they also have within the Jedi Sith. Okay. Well, hold, let me backtrack. When you make your lightsaber, you also choose the kyber you want. The kyber, kyber crystal. crystal. You actually take a kyber crystal and you put it into the center of the lightsaber. And each kyber crystal reacts differently with every lightsaber. Are you okay. serious? Yes, but they and they don't tell you that, okay? You just figure it out. Now, this is where it gets into like the coolness, and this is the stuff that I liked. Okay? Cuz now you walk into the Jedi Sith store. Okay. Okay, and you can buy different things. You can buy holocrons. And the holocrons each have their own crystals in them and they have different types of <laughs> messages. Awesome. Yeah, dude, it is cool. They have different types of messages, some from Sith Lords, some from Jedi. I think there's one from Snoke who gives a shit. Who gives a shit at this point? And then they have the kyber crystals that they sell next to them. And the way they explain it to you is like, well, you put different kyber crystals into your holocron, which is 50 bucks. Well worth the buy, in my opinion. Okay. In fact, I feel like that's more exciting than the lightsaber. Uh, $50 to buy the the holocron and then each kyber crystals 12 and you can put kyber crystals into the holocrons and it when you do that they react differently to every holocron and all of them have like secret messages are you serious yes now what they don't tell you dave that my son figured out on his own because they don't tell you this and i like that they don't because uh-huh. it's going to be one of those secrets that people find out on the web you can take those kyber crystal kyber crystals take your lightsaber apart and put different kyber crystals into your saber and they react differently it makes sense your cyber at your your saber will make different sounds it it just has a completely different reaction to movement and my son figured that out out on his own because he said look at these kyber crystals are exactly like the one i put in my saber so he's like, I'm going to try something. So he did. He took it apart and put it in. And sure enough, different light. It changes the light of the saber and the way it reacts to its user. <laughs> now, that is cool. Now, that is cool. I Googled this on one line to see what people were saying. And apparently a lot of Galaxy Edge, Galaxy's Edge visitors are discovering secret messages from the force. And apparently there are black Kyber crystals. Yes, I've heard of this. Okay, now they're one in every 100. Yes. Okay, again, I don't, this isn't a, an official statement. This is based on someone who found it that then, that then researched. And apparently, when you buy a red kyber, you have a one in 100 chance that that red kyber won't be red. Yes, it'll be, be a legendary black crystal. Yes, and when you do that and you put it into your holocron or saber, Something special happens. Now, 
this is where Galaxy's Edge can have some longevity. Because as I said, one or two times into Galaxy's Edge, it's going to end up being like Pirates of the Caribbean. You got to do it if you're at Disneyland, but I feel like the novelty aspect may wear off. But if Disney decides to start doing these types of things, for example, like Easter egg type parties to help create a more continuing immersive experience within the Disneyland park, then suddenly I can see why people would want to go back because Dave, if they release new Kyber crystals once a year, like, like a handful of them, uh, new things, messages in the hall. Let's say, Hey, everyone bring your holocron to galaxy's edge on June 3rd to experience a star Wars Easter egg party. And you then purchase new items and they lead you on a journey across the park to find certain things. Or it becomes a par- becomes a story, a LARPing session or an RPG. I then, can see that. Then suddenly you have something really fucking special on your hands. And I'm hoping this is what Disney plans to do. It seems like they're testing the waters for things. Be- t- testing the waters because they're not releasing this information. Oh, yeah. And the, the people selling you these crystals and sabers and holocrons are not telling you these things. Yeah, because they, uh, the number one, they have to stay in character. And number two, it's probably just like what you said, they're testing it. Dude, because can you imagine how many people would show up for an event? Oh, dude. For an Easter yeah, egg absolutely. event? Bring your Kyber crystals or bring your holocrons and get ready for a new story to start. Well, could, uh, the thing that makes sense to me, especially because like Disneyland itself is very infamous for doing special things, say, during se- certain seasons, like during Halloween, suddenly it becomes Halloween town. Christmas, Christmas becomes uh, all of a sudden you see Christmas everywhere right. in Disneyland. Yeah. Something like that at Galaxy's Edge would be Yes. Just awesome. They need to do stuff like that. They need to. I know it's a brand new experience, so they're not going to do much right now. now. But eventually they need to create events around what's already in place because the foundation is already there. And if they expect people like me to go back and spend, you know, countless thousands, thousands of dollars again, that's how they're going to do it. Because that's also how they're going to have ongoing returning people. Because, Dave. If you don't have money. Okay, if you work, if you live check to check, yeah, and you work for minimum wage, which is right, (laughs) you will buy a ticket, you will go in there and maybe spend thirty dollars on a drink, and go on one or two rides when the other one opens, and then your experience is done. And I don't feel like people are willing to spend regular Joes are willing to spend that type of money on a park that offers one ride. That's the thing that I was. Uh, one of the things I want to ask you was like, do you think things in Galaxy's Edge are overpriced? Yes, it is, and I understand why. It's it's Disneyland. I, I under I'm not against commercialism. Yeah, but in order to convince people to keep going, you need to offer more. But forty, but forty dollars. Uh, I was hearing like forty dollars for a drink. Yeah, Dave. But it's um, it's the alcoholic beverages. The blue milk was only I want to say like six bucks. It wasn't that bad. Okay, all right. Um, the alcoholic beverages, the specialty drinks. Yes, they were uh, a bit more high priced based on the menu. Because Dave, I did not get to go into the cantina, which is my I was going to ask negative. you. Yeah, I am a little. I was a little disgruntled. 
Did you, you just didn't was, have enough time? I said, no, Dave, I had time. They didn't tell people how everything was going to work. So a lot of people are walking in, stumbling, trying to figure their way, which is part of the fun, right? Yeah. That's fine. But they should have let people know about certain things. For example, uh, we were there from two to six. Okay. At 430, we said, let's head over to the cantina and uh, get a drink. And then we'll head over to the Falcon before we have to leave. So we head over to the cantina and there's a huge line like, okay, it's going to be a 30, 40 minute wait, whatever. Luckily, one of the employees who was not in character came up to me and said, hey, are you here for uh, the cantina? I'm like, yeah. He's all, well, do you have an appointment? I'm like, an appointment? He's all, yes. You need to set an appointment or a reservation in order to get into the cantina. Like, oh, I didn't know that. You guys didn't tell anyone that. He's all, yeah, um, you have to do it before you walk into the park. So before you do anything else, he says. So the moment like you, a night so he says, the moment you walk into the park, you have to create a reservation. Otherwise, you will not have enough time to get into the cantina. So I was a little bummed because I, I looked at the guy, and I'm not one of those belligerent fools. Even though inside I was very upset, and I looked at him. I said, "What do you mean a reservation? I mean I can't get into the cantina now?" He's all, "No, you have to have a reservation. You have to set it the moment you walk into Galaxy's Edge." I'm like, "Well, where was the signs about this?" He's all, "We don't have signs. Someone should have told you. Uh, nobody told me." He's all, "Oh, I, I really apologize." I'm like, "Okay, thank you." Now going into Galaxy's Edge, that that brings up a good point. Is like, what do they do when they let you in? What did they do to let Nothing. you in to Galaxy's Edge? Did they just open the gate. They just let you walk in as long as you have a wristband. Because you're, before you go into the park at this time, it's going to change down the road. But we went to where, um, remember the the World's Fair? Yeah. And remember that little area that was by Tomorrowland? It's yes. near Tomorrowland well, and everything. They trashed that whole thing a long, long ago. And they have something called the Launch Bay. And that's where you go, which is really fun too, because that's tons of Star Wars things all around statues, figurines, shopping. And that's where you go to get your wristband. And then when you have your wristband, then you can go into the, to the Galaxy's Edge Park. After June 24th, I don't think they're going to require wristbands at all because it's going to just be free flowing at right that point. now reina asks whether or not they can go watch their son build scrap build a lightsaber she asks in our chat in our video page uh-huh they allow up to two people to go with a child now, if you're a grown adult, I don't know if they're going to let your partner go with you or your friend. But <laughs> as a, if you're with a with a minor, they let two people go no more. So if you, for example, let's say you uh, have three kids. Yeah. And there's two adults. They're not letting all of you in. They'll let the kid that you're buying the lightsaber for. in, of course, with two others. So it could two be others. his sister or his father or mother. But they're not going to allow more than that because then it gets too crowded in that room because it's a small area. Uh huh. And it makes sense because, like, I was actually wondering about that because they were talking about like certain things they were going to be doing in small groups and stuff like that. I'm like going. I was looking for Twi'leks to do things in small groups, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, well, that like, was probably in the cantina. <laughs> oh, where are the Twi'leks? Come on, give me those tentacles, girl. But uh, actually, bring, you bring up another. Interesting question that I want to exactly. ask is like, what about aliens? Did you, were, were there what aliens? What about tentacle porn? 
<laughs> what about like a lot of like the alien species in Star Wars that all of us know? Did they actually, yeah. or was everyone human? That's what I. You was know like. what? I didn't see any. Oh, uh, Wookies. I saw a couple Wookies, but I didn't see any aliens. That's a good question, Dave. And now I'm a little bummed. Thank you for ruining it for me. Well, they, well, they said it needed to be a full immersive experience. And like at first, I was like, "Oh, look, they're they're releasing uh, pictures of Hondo and meeting the leader of the Collectors Guild and stuff like that." And I'm like going, well, what about all the other people, like the characters in the park? Are they going to actually all just be human or are we actually going to actually see people dressed up as Twi'leks and um, even some Gamorrean guards or something? Stormtroopers, I, I could understand because like, well, we don't really see them. We don't see the We don't see them past their helmets and stuff, but it would have been it would be nice to actually show, hey. There's these characters, uh, there's some of these people out there in costume to the point that they're in full makeup. Yeah. All but, right, Dave, we, we need to move along here. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy, but we, we're, we're staying way longer than I thought. <laughs> on this. Um, all right, so the lightsabers. Now, Dave, you can see the quality and different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the difference right in quality. This is the the that, that brand that everybody buys at the Comic-Con that's like, what, like 200 bucks? 200 bucks. Okay. Dude, this thing is nothing compared to what you buy. So, And that's one question I had. Knowing that they already make high-quality lightsabers. What is that company called? FX, uh, FX something. But they're like the go-to place to buy licensed Star Wars lightsabers. Yeah, custom lightsabers. And um, I was like, well, what's going to be the difference between the two? Well, the difference is night and day. I mean, the hilt, the hilt for the one you buy at galaxy's edge i mean dude it's fantastic the quality it, it, looks, it looks and heavy. feel yes it looks and feels like i like like a lightsaber now look at this one from the other company yeah eh. and, it and looks you can kind cheap, of tell that it's, it's shiny it, see the way it shines uh-huh. it looks cheap compared to the dull I kind of I want to say used feel of the regular saber which gives it some realism the galaxy's edge lightsaber yeah it gives it that sense of realism. That's why when I look at those two lightsabers, I'm like, okay, one is obviously a costume piece, while the other one actually kind of, as as cheesy it sounds, it looks like a you're cheesy, real looking. I don't want to say prop, but basically a, a, a realistic looking lightsaber that has been used. Yeah, and I'll release some pictures on online. But my favorite. My favorite, my absolute favorite thing I bought was a Sith chalice. And I'm actually drinking coffee in it right now as I, as I speak. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the, the Palpatine bus that's behind my oh, shoulder. Well, I'll get to that in a second. No, but I got it uh, in the Jedi Sith store. I bought a Sith chalice with a bunch of Sith symbols on it. Uh-huh. And now it's my go-to coffee cup. I drink wine. I drink coffee. I drink water in it all day long. And, and I don't care how nerdy that is, Dave. I enjoy oh, it. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the one question I was going to ask you, did you see any uh, fanboys or fangirls crying in, in utter ecstasy? Uh, do you really want to get to that? <laughs> I really want to talk about that. Dude, I'm going to be one of those people. Okay, hold on. Let me get to, let me get to the other camera really fast. Let me get to you. <laughs> I'm going to get to you. 
because seriously, I can understand some people's reaction because uh, like Galaxy Ed re- reaction videos have been going on crazy on YouTube. And I'm curious to to know, like, I mean, come on, we, me and you have stated that we are hardcore. Tell people what I'm looking at. Oh, right now, Mike is looking at the Palpatine bust, which was $130. which a hundred thirty dollars. That was well worth it. And it's honestly, fantastic. it looks really good. And, and, it, and yeah, the Tauntaun, I really like. I like the, the I like the Tauntaun because they put it into the like what you said the cage. So the, the and also the quality of the Tauntaun is actually not that bad. You'd think that basically it was like a cheap, they go like the cheap teddy bear route, but it looks pretty good. (laughs) But like some of the, some of the quality, some of the quality of all the products at Galaxy's Edge, I'm really impressed with what you've brought back. That's why leading into what I was talking about, a lot of people have been like really getting into Galaxy's Edge where they've been reacting very passionately about it. I mean, like I saw earlier a, uh, a guy literally crying while making his lightsaber. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And people are making fun of them. Yeah. You know, it's real to them people, but quite honestly, who David, wouldn't, who wouldn't get, who wouldn't get emotional? All right, Dave. Who wouldn't get emotional? Why you got to bring that up? Cause you already know I was making fun of a guy for laughing. <laughs> Or for crying. <laughs> there was this guy who now it, I'm not going to say I didn't get nerd chills. I did. I mean, it's it's hard not to be excited when you're literally walking into Star Wars. Yeah. OK. But if you're if you're tw- if you're not a child and you're in your 20s <laughs> and you're building a lightsaber and it sounds like you're orgasming because that's there's this guy building. A, 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 I'm just going to call him a guy. OK. There's a dude. In his 20s, that was building his lightsaber next to my son. And he's fucking in tears. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? It probably was he was one with the force, Mike. He was one with the force. He was about to be one with my fist because I I couldn't take it. (laughs) Apparently, the Tauntaun can't take it either. Is he still talking back? The Tauntaun's still still making noise. The Tauntaun's still making noise. He didn't like what I said. He didn't, he didn't like that I was making fun of him. But I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe that this guy was, he was crying. And then there was a, a moment when the lightsaber is finally built uh-huh. and they put it into this little case, which is, which is enclosed. Um, this part is cool. And then when you're done building it, they turn on, all the sabers turn on and then this case slides open and you see your lightsaber ignited. Okay, but before that happens, <laughs> before that happens, <laughs> before that happens, Dave, uh, they say, they say, they tell you to close your eyes because it's a whole story, right? Yeah. Okay. Immerse yourself, Mike. Immerse yourself. Hold on a second. Yeah, they, they tell you to close your eyes and to become one with the force. <laughs> And this guy is heavy breathing as his eyes are closed. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. And the narrator is like, okay, and now reach out with your feelings and grab 
the lightsaber. <laughs> poor, your poor kid is probably looking going, what the hell is happening to him? And now everyone grab your lightsabers. <laughs> My son, who's 11, was looking at this guy like he's a weirdo. <laughs> Like, dude, if you're 20, at least 24 years old, get a grip. It's it's fun. It's Star Wars. It's fantastic. I love it. But get a grip. It's not real. It's a fucking toy. No, it's probably you, worth in reality five bucks. They're telling. Remember, they told us that we have to immerse ourselves in their universe. Well, immerse then I, you know what? Then I should have been like an inquisitor and kill, killed them. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't surrounded by too many of those idiots. Yeah, I can't there's only stand a few people like that. There's only a few of those people like that. I don't have a problem with people being overly excited. I was giddy. My brother, who's 42 years old, was excited. He built a lightsaber. But you also realize that it's not real. Yeah. You're not really breathing. You're not becoming one with the force. You're not being filled with midichlorians. Are you, Mike? Are you? <laughs> All right. We need to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Moving on, keeping up with the women. Uh, women who broke her vagina. Oh. <laughs> they can break. Shares a hilarious Wait, warning. she did what? How did she, she break it? Broke her vagina. I think. <laughs> Continue, Andrew. Uh, shares a hilarious warning about using sex toys for the first time. What did she do? Like ram it all the way in, including the, the remote control? How do I do this? The cable's still there. We just shove it all in there. Is this how this thing it's works? It's all supposed to go in, right? Sex columnist Nadia. Is this how it works, guys? I'm not sure. They told me at uh, Fascinations that this is what I need. Very high powered. Actually, oops, that wasn't Fascinations. The receipt says Lowe's. <laughs> at least Lowe's has a great return policy. Nadia McCody. Hold on, I'm not having a I haven't came yet. I'm almost there. I'm like Randy. You gotta work it. All right, almost. All right, we're done. The 34-year-old goes to say in a video, it had been a long time since I had sex, referring to her divorce from her husband. It was quite odd, and looking back, that I was running a woman's website. Hold on a second. Randy. Yeah. Has there been some cold spells in your life where you didn't have sex for periods? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. What do you do to satisfy yourself? Do you use vibrators or do you just use the old the old flicker room? Um, Go ahead. You use Don't lie. Tinder or Snapchat and you oh, get so, to come okay, over. So that's what you've done. Everyone knows that sex is it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So were you known as the girl that just has sex on the apps? Like, oh, we all got to get Randy. <laughs> she just wants to. No, that. you just lock down a few trusty key people, uh, oh, okay. yeah, key people and you just kind of. And you went, okay. What are you doing? And then. Do you say just like that? What are you doing? Do they all come running after that? <laughs> come here, you. <laughs> I'm ready for you. <laughs> 
hold still and bring your mouth down to my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if I use this dildo as well? I just picked it up from Home Depot. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Star Wars From the Back to Tank. I needed to take a quick break to beat David. <laughs> hey, fix your pop filter a bit there, Dave. You're popping those peas again, yeah. Popping peas pleasantly. How's yeah. that? Good. All right, so let's get into some Star Wars news. Mark Hamill hopes he's done with Star Wars after the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> the Poor way Mark he Hamill. says things, the way he says things, it, I know that's his personality. He's a little abrupt, you know, maybe even borderline aggressive sometimes with his statements. You know, that's not. He's very absolute, absolute with a lot of yeah. his statements. And I think there's a sense of humor to it. I don't think it's necessarily to be taken seriously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially in this day and era, we shouldn't take it seriously with social media, because as he has said time and time again, that he has got he's got to be more careful with how he says things because <laughs> everything becomes a headline. Anything he says now becomes a headline is printed up as fact. But he did state recently on the red carpet that he's hoping to be done, that it's time for him to move on and he's going to be focusing on the other side of his career. How does that make you feel, Dave, knowing that? We are finally looking at a Star Wars where Luke is not a possibility because think about it. Let me put this into perspective, Dave. Okay. For as long as we can remember. Okay. We have always lived with the possibility that we may see the continuation of Luke Skywalker's story. We may see the continuation of Han Solo. We may see the continuation of Princess Leia. We are now crossing into an era where that possibility is no longer a thing. And now Star Wars is a question mark. Yeah. Before we, even with the prequels, well, this is all going to lead to Skywalker. Well, and we may see episodes seven, eight, and nine someday, and it's going to be no doubt about Skywalker. But now we're at a point, Dave, where it's not going to be about Skywalker no, any longer. There's After no this. possibility of, of a Luke story. How does that make you feel as a Star Wars fan, knowing that Star Wars is no longer about Skywalker? It makes me a little sad. It does because we're seeing the final chapter and Luke's Luke's story arc. And after this, there's nowhere else that we could take the character because, you know, yeah, we could do like prequel movies and stuff like that. Ah. But why do that? We're talking about a full story arc of Luke and this is his final chapter. It makes me a little sad, but also it makes me really happy because like it's very rare in fandom to actually get a conclusive ending to your fan base like say for example to your fandom or you fandom yeah like look at look at look at what uh endgame had did for the MCU that was a full story arc F fuck up timeline and it, uh, make no sense but but <laughs> it it finished off a very long storyline that was like 20 movies long and mm. that's what made that moment special this one that we're gonna see i get what you're saying yeah. is probably even 
a hundred times more effect uh, important to fan, uh, to to the Star Wars and to geekdom everywhere. Because think of how long Star Wars has been around. Yeah, and you this know, is this is a fear day that I've had for a very long time. In fact, I want to say about a year and a half ago we had this conversation. I'm like, it's how is Star Wars? Is it going to be Star Wars when you don't have that one governing foundation, which is the Skywalker saga, the Skywalker storyline, and the fact that everything Star Wars, for the most part, Dave, encompasses? I, I, let me let me find the best way to state this: everything that we've ever received when it comes to Star Wars, outside of the old Republic stuff, yes, for the most part has all been about the Skywalker saga, books, comics. Even if it's not directly dealing with Anakin or Luke, it's a byproduct of the events that Anakin jump-started or kick-started. He was the catalyst. Yeah, I mean, the one that you could possibly say is completely separate, but not even then, when you look at it, you still see the branches to the Skywalker storyline is Rebels. Rebels. No, no, Dave, it's not though. But it's, it's not. It's not about. Yes, you're right that it's its own story. Absolutely. But there would be no battle against the Empire. Without, there would be no <laughs> Empire without Skywalker, without Anakin. <laughs> Everything is governed by that foundation. So now that it's done, are we truly moving past? Skywalker, and that's the question I have. Are we yes. going to move past Skywalker in the f- way that we're going to forget that and start something new and more relevant within this f- galaxy that's far, far away? Or is Skywalker always going to be a distant reminder? Is the legacy of Skywalker still going to govern our future stories? Yes, they may move forward with stories of Rey or any other Jedi in the future, right? Yes. And when I say future, I mean uh, after episode nine. But will there still be that distant reminder of Skywalker? Will that legacy still be the foundation of many of our Star Wars stories? I think so, because I'm like thinking about it right now. I'm even thinking about like all the other projects that are coming out. Mandalorian. Mandalorian does look like to be its own story, but still it's governed by that distant reminder of the Skywalker saga because it takes place right after Return of the Jedi. So in effect, the Skywalker storyline, what happened there affects Mandalorian. Same thing with the Rogue One series. Rogue One basically is affected by what the what happens in uh, New Hope and Revenge of the Sith. All that is affected by the Skywalker storyline. The only one that I can I can see that basically it's not going to touch the Skywalker storyline is the rumored uh, Game of Thrones produced Star Wars. Because by all accounts, everyone's saying that they're going to go like into the uh, old Republic. Right. Yeah. If the rumors are to believe. If the rumors are to to be believed. Uh, who knows, Dave, about that? I, I'm just I'm just worried that I'm a little hesitant. Am I excited for the future? Absolutely. But I'm a little hesitant just because for the last, what, 40 some years, Star Wars has been governed by a foundation. And that foundation is the story of Skywalker. Yeah. And now that that foundation will be 
no longer used or will it be used? Because if it's no longer used, then we're setting, you know, the groundwork for something new. But if it's still going to be used, then I feel less hesitant. I'm not saying we need to rely on the past and always hearken back to Skywalker, but it would be nice if that legacy, and I'm not talking the legacy of, of the franchise. I'm talking about the legacy within a story setting, the legacy of Luke, the legacy of Darth Vader, uh, the ramifications of Palpatine. I'm hoping that they always use those ingredients to cultivate new stories kind of like a distant echo yeah i, I would I, I would assume they would because it would just feel kind of insincere if they pretend it never never happened but then you may also have those naysayers saying well you guys need to do your own thing why are we relying on this but when you're dealing with a galaxy that has been consumed by war and conflict uh, that was spearheaded by anakin skywalker and then was rescued by a skywalker uh, I feel like you always have to have that there. It's like forgetting World War II and saying World War II never happened and we should just forget about it. No, no World War II point. is always a, a distant echo and a reminder of, of things that happened. So I'm hoping they, they use it in that way, much like how Force Awakens started and the memory of the Jedi and, oh, are you the solo? You know, the, 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 the rebel general? No, Solo, the, the captain of the, what was it, Millennium Falcon? Millennium Falcon. The smuggler. Like, I think holding on to those things will give Lucas's Star Wars a, a rightful send-off, a respectful send-off, because then you are respecting everything that came before and still utilizing the core, those core um, story elements. Well, it, it makes sense, too, because, like, once you actually disrespect that core element – We've seen what happens. It ceases being Star Wars. Yeah. And like when you don't pay attention to what was set before you, then pe- then then the story becomes insincere. Yeah, straight, and straight in the shallow. pop filter, Dave. How's that? Check, check, mic one, two. I don't Got know it. why you're popping a lot lately. Huh. Yeah. We're we're amateurs suddenly. <laughs> we're we're suddenly amateurs. Hey, well, say say we, Popping peas, popping 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 Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple, a five-issue Marvel miniseries that will lead into the highly anticipated game from Respawn Entertainment and Lucasfilm, was revealed earlier this month, written by Matthew Rosenberg, who has written Uncanny X-Men and The Punisher, and illustrated by Paolo Villanelli, uh, Vader Dark Visions. Uh, The tale follows Jedi Master Eno Cordova as impulsive Padwan Siri Junda on a seemingly simple mission that becomes much more dangerous. The Jedi Council sends the pair to the remote planet on Tatho to oversee the excavation of a mysterious temple. Sounds sounds like it could be good. Uh, I like the title, Dark Temple. It could be a signal that we are finally moving into the darker side of Star Wars, getting more... Uh, into the mysticism, which is something you and I have been droning on and on about, Dave, for years. Like, where is the fucking mysticism of Star yes. Wars? What happened to it? Uh, and then, of course, with uh, the release of Kevin Scott's Dooku, 
radio dramatization, which went heavily into Star Wars mysticism. I'm starting to wonder if this is really the direction we're going finally. Well, we should. We should, honestly. Of course we should. Because, like, it goes back to the tone of Star Wars. It goes back to what the spirit of Star Wars is. And, like, every time they've deviated away from it, it, for me, just basically pulls pulls you away from being a Star Wars story. And, like, get it? Okay. <laughs> but, like, for me, the only thing that I'm worried about, we have covered comics lately, yeah. especially titles that are supposed to lead into another project. Yeah, the marketing titles haven't been the greatest. The marketing titles have not been great. And what I mean by what I mean by marketing titles are the titles that are created exclusively to promote another item. Yes. That they're trying to sell. Those haven't been that great. Well, Dave, tell me, you you read the Galaxy's Edge comic, was that any good? The Galaxy's Edge comic was fun. Okay, and that was a marketing item. It was a marketing to market item. another item (laughs) 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 or i should say product and you're right for the most part we haven't really enjoyed the the products that are created to just simply market another product yeah it it just feels silly too it feels silly but i mean when you bring when you bring up an actual story so to speak for the series and it's supposed to run six issues uh, uh five to six issues i think yeah then there's then there's actually hope that this is actually a very substantial story that we're going to get. Yeah, I'm hoping. And I know we finally saw um, uh, Fallen Order play footage. Yes. And honestly, Damn, it, it looks, looks good. Dude, it looks pretty great. Saw Guerrera. I like the fact yeah, how that do you like that. that? Saw. Uh, yeah, Dave, I, you know. Because like. I was excited. Saw's been one of those characters that basically was like going. I, where the heck did he go? Hold on. I'm so excited. I'm crying. Oh. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm probably going to be one of those people. I know. <laughs> oh, speaking of crying, there was a, a listener that tweeted me on, uh, that tweeted me a message about, uh, about what I bought uh-huh. at Galaxy's Edge. And he asked, he's like, hey, so they weren't selling any of uh, any fountains with Kathleen Kennedy's fanboy tears? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, my God. That would have been awesome. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So Kerry Russell cried. Speaking of crying, There's at crying Rise right of Skywalker. Yeah, obviously, none of us have a grab, grasp on reality. You know, p- the poor kids <laughs> in Africa are trying to survive. <laughs> Uh, people in the Middle East are being bombed and, and terrorized by their own people because of religion. And um, but, hey, we're crying over fake shit. <laughs> uh, Carrie Russell cried at Rise of Skywalker. She says, when I read his script, J.J. Abrams, I cried. I mean, who knows what it will turn out to be? And I hope it remains true to what he originally wanted. That made me a little excited there because that means there's some high emotion, which is we need, which is what JJ is infamous for. We need some high emotion, some very high emotion to 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 end the Skywalker saga. Well, it goes back to like what I was saying, uh, what I was alluding to earlier about like the Skywalker saga has been with us for over 20 years, 20, 30 years, about 20 or 30 seasons. And then. Uh, JJ in an interview has literally said this has been one of the most stressful things he's ever had to do because he has to close out a storyline that's been around this long. 
So he's got to bring everything he's got as as a director, as a writer, as a producer to this one single movie to close out one of the longest running sagas. He'll do it. I have I have high hopes, Dave. I think he's going to be able to pull it off. I think he is. I th- I think he he can do it. But well, we'll all know in about what six months. Whoa, Jesus! I almost <laughs> killed myself there. Uh, we'll all know in about six months. <laughs> All right, Dave, we do need to end today's Star Wars from the Back to Tank discussion. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Just search Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Be sure to leave us reviews as well. It helps. It helps us gain a little more traction on the podcast charts. I want to thank you, David. No? Sweet, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. May the force be with Jesus. us. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs>